by yourself another X-Men spin-off. Though the prices rise, from now on store orders will be twice the size. Buy yourself another X-Men spin-off. Make your parents pay. You'll be reading 24 hours a day. Here you are going out of your mind, trying hard to find X-Force. Comic stores may be all sold out, so stand up and shout, get more. Through the years, we only had Uncanny, causing quite the stir. Now Factor Force, and don't forget Excalibur. So buy yourself another X-Men spin-off now. Hey everybody, welcome to the Grey Malkin Lane holiday episode. I am so excited to be joined by the most special guests of all time. Uh, it happens to be the three people I love the most. It is my familia. Uh, we are going to go around and introduce ourselves. I have already asked my children not to use their actual given names because we try to keep their identities private, but they are graciously joining me on the show today, as well as my very handsome husband. So I'm so happy my family's here with me today. We're going to go around and introduce ourselves. Let us know your names, your gender pronouns, your age, and... What is the most ridiculous power that Santa Claus has? That's my question for the introduction today. My name is Chad. I use he, him pronouns. I am 44 years old, and Santa Claus has flying reindeer, which is just ridiculous. And uh, let me turn it over to my husband. All right. Am I using a fake name, or am I using my real name? Your name's already on the show. Oh, I guess it's used at the end all the time, so I guess I have to use my real name. Well, my name is Michael, or Mike, what, I don't care what whatever you want to use. Um, I don't know if we need to divulge my age on the podcast at the moment. Oh, so, uh, so Mike's 45. I am not 45. <laughs> no offense to anyone listening who's 45 years old. <laughs> what are your gender pronouns, babe? Um, they are he, him. Um, and I think the most ridiculous Santa power is probably the fact that he can fit down a chimney. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. Like, wh- wh- how does he do that? I... <laughs> uh, and then over to my oldest. Hi. Um, hello. My name is Jay, but you can call me Mango Mocha. And <laughs> I'm 14 years old, and my pronouns are he, him, and I think Santa's most ridiculous power is that his reindeer can, like, carry him, who, like, because he eats, like, so much, and his giant sleigh full of toys and stuff, which is really hefty. Ridiculous. The All right, Mango are, Mocha. The kids are very opinionated about Santa Claus, actually. <laughs> and then finally, my youngest. Hi, Bug. Hi. Um, on this podcast, I am going by A... But you can call me Yoshi. Um, I am 11 years old. My pronouns are he, they. 
and probably, now I hate Santa, he's a, a creepo, but <laughs> probably the um, weirdest thing about him is how he's able to scarf like over a hundred million cookies in his stomach in one night. Like, I would be dead. So wait, wait, I think the kids need to have a little Santa discussion here. Like, what what are your feelings about Santa? Are you on the naughty or the nice list? Oh, why don't you like him, Yoshi? Because uh, he enslaves entire races and maybe <laughs> Mango Mocha can talk about it. Yeah, Mango Mocha. Why don't you like Santa? I don't like Santa because he traps his reindeer in, like, stables and only lets them out one day a year being Christmas Eve. And he... Like, makes his wife make everything for him. He steals everyone's cookies and gives naughty children coal and enslaves the elves who have to work every single day making toys, which is really bad. Seriously, these children came up with these theories on their own. We are raising politically correct children, but these did not come from me. (laughs) I didn't teach them this either. I'm usually the one who teaches them this stuff. <laughs> that That's entirely fair. Uh, Santa is an interesting person in our comic book today that we're going to review, which the family has not read, listeners. We're going to get there in a minute. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Marvel Holiday Special number one uh, from 1991, and we're just reading the first story, which features the X-Men. It's set during the early Claremont era of the book, and uh, the X-Men meet Santa Claus for the first time. And it is proposed or theorized that Santa Claus might be a mutant. If he is a what? mutant, what are his mutant powers? He'd probably be in a mega, I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, he's crazy powerful, right? He's, like, telepathic. He's, like, keeping track of all the children in the world. He sees you when he's you're sleeping. He knows when you're, like... He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Right. For example, like in that song. Exactly. He flies around the world. He, he... cheats on his wife. <laughs> what? Where you is know, this in Santa lore? You know the lore? songs? You know the songs? Oh, that's I saw right. Mommy Santa kissing Santa, Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. That's true. I, I sent a baby. That's, yeah. That mm-hmm. is true. Uh, he has lots of elves. Uh, he has flying reindeer. He can shrink billions of toys down into one tiny sack and shrink himself down a chimney and pause time as he flies around the world. Does he pause time or is he just extra fast? Uh, maybe both. Uh, my, my friend in school, uh, like, says that he's scared of Santa because Santa's sleigh must go, like, Mach 40 or something. <laughs> they have any birds Doesn't like he, like, catch... Oh! Getting some... hit while he's up Does there? he cast some sort of magic on his reindeer... That makes them carry this entire sleigh full of toys. And him being, like, I don't know how much he eats. Jeez. I think, I, I wonder if Santa's responsible for the decline in the bald eagle population. And think of all the reindeer droppings. <laughs> the they just fly back and hit Santa in the face as he's driving super speed across the sky. Sorry, that's not hail hitting a roof. Gross! Well, what happens if it's before Christmas? Uh, well, that would be different, obviously. Well, that's uh, that's hail. As Rep mentioned in the Grinch movie, if you want to see Santa Claus, just stick maple syrup on your roof. So, in Marvel Holiday Special number 1991, or number one from 1991, there are four X-Men parody Christmas carols printed. I opened the show with the first one. 
The kids have never seen these before, nor has Mike, but we're going to sing one as a family right now. It's the 12 days of Christmas. Uh, I will start with the first line and then uh, everybody else will take their own line. So this is sung to the tune of the regular 12 days of Christmas. Okay, are we all ready? On the first day of Christmas, Xavier gave to me a bisque of wolverines. I was not told I was going to have to sing on this podcast. <laughs> Welcome to my show, babe. On the second day of Christmas, Xavier gave to me two identities. And a bisque of wolverines. I'll auto-tune this later. <laughs> On the third day of Christmas, Xavier gave to me three sharp questions. Two identities. And a bisque of wolverines. Why did you give me two identities? <laughs> you have two already, at least. <laughs> at least two. On the fourth day of Christmas, Xavier gave to me four fairy... What are those? Furry ferals. Feral is a character from X-Force. She's like a hairy cat lady. Four furry ferals. Four furry ferals. Four furry ferals. Three sharp. Two identities. And a bisque of wolverines. On the fifth day of Christmas, Xavier gave to me five ruby quartz. Four furry ferals. Four furry ferals. Three sharp. Two identities. And a bisque of wolverines. On the sixth day of Christmas, Xavier gave to me six cables shooting. Five ruby quartz. Four furry bells. Three shouts. Two identities. And a bisque of wolverines. On the seventh day of Christmas, Xavier gave to me Seven banshees screaming. Six cables shooting. Five ruby quartz. Four furry ferals. Three shirts. Two identities. And a bisque of wolverines. On the eighth day of Christmas, Xavier gave to me eight Megan's shifting. Megan is a shapeshifter from Excalibur. Eight Megan's shifting. Seven banshees screaming. Six, six cables shooting. Five ruby quartz. Four furry bells. Three shirts. Two identities. And a bisque of wolverines. On the ninth day of Christmas, Xavier gave to me nine kitties phasing. Eight Megan's shifting. Seven banshees screaming. Six cables shooting. Five ruby quartz. Four fairy bells. Three shirts. Two identities. And a bisque of wolverines. On the tenth day of Christmas, Xavier gave to me ten icemen chilling. Nine kitties phasing. Eight Megan's shifting. Seven banshees screaming. <laughs> Six. Cable shooting. Five ruby quartz. Four fairy ferals. Three sharp Two identities. And a bisque of wolverines. On the eleventh day of Christmas, Xavier gave to me eleven 
Gambit stealing. Ten Iceman chilling. Nine kitties phasing. Eight Megan shifting. Seven Banshees screaming. Six cables shooting. Five Ruby Quartz. Four Fairy Fails. Three Sharp Shakes. Oh, two identities. An Abyss of Wolverines. I would just like to point out the last one was my age. On the 12th day of Christmas, Xavier Dave to me. 12 plot lines hanging. 11 gambits dealing. I mean, this plot A plot line hanging is like an unresolved storyline. Oh. I think the song's unresolved. <laughs> 10 Iceman chilling. 9 kitties phasing. Uh, 8 Megan's shifting. 7 banshees. Screaming. Six cables shooting. Five ruby cords. Four furry barrels. Three sharp Two identities. Everybody. And, and a bisque of Oh, what did you think of that song, everyone? Oh my, my god, it was terrible. What is a bisque of wolverines? A bisque is like a color brown. I don't know what it means in this context. Oh, um, I just know of bisque as a soup. So that just seems weird. Wolverine in a soup? A delicious. It'd be it? all furry oh, and Canadian. Wait, bisque is a color brown mm -hmm. from a wolverine? Apparently. Don't really like want to floss my teeth I... while I'm eating soup. <laughs> I did not write the song. <laughs> it was fun watching all of your faces get very baffled. Uh, I want to talk about X-Men for just a minute. This is a question for all three of you. What is it like having a dad slash husband who does X-Men podcasting professionally halftime? I mean, I hear things about X-Men every day. Chad <laughs> likes to talk about it often, often or drives downtown or is Chad like, hey, I booked this person. I'm like, I don't know who that is. I'm like, I just got Gregory Wright on the show. And Mike's like, I don't know who Gregory Wright is. And I'm like, okay, there's this character named Silver Sable. And he's like, okay. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. If you say downtown, downtown, where the guys are strips. This is from Yeah, that's a good song. Okay, what's it like, Jay, having a podcaster for a dad? Mango Mocha? Yes. Um I think it's cool that you have a podcast. It's kind I think it is fun that people get to listen to you do it and I've been to the comic book shop with my dad like sometimes every Wednesday yeah yeah especially in summertime how about you uh, Yoshi thank you so um well it's kind of cool I've heard people talking and it's sometimes funny I think the things are interesting and I kind of feel bad for all the hard work Mike has to do Wait, what? Mike what? edits the show. Oh, that's true. I do edit the show. I'm like, babe, I know it's podcast day tomorrow. Mike's getting looking forward to my slowed down schedule in the new year, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be happy to know which day of the week I need to do things on. <laughs> so a few months ago, several months ago, I watched or had the kids watch the entire X-Men animated series from the 90s. They're bringing it back next month or next year. Uh, it's going to be revived as X-Men 97. 
what were your favorite moments or favorite characters from the series, if you recall, and what were some of your least favorite? Um, I really liked Storm in that because I loved her voice because she was like, Oh, lightning! Whoa! <laughs> and that's just really funny, comparing her voice to, like, the video game. Hey, I'm like, Wolverine, bub. And I think I don't like, um... I think I don't like Professor X because in the comic books he just fakes his death a lot. Uh-huh. That's fair. How about you? Um, well, I kind of have mixed feelings about the show. First of all, there were some pretty good episodes and some episodes like that bulldog guy. Oh, I remember Watchdog. Yeah, I talked to, I talked to Steve Fox about Watchdog on my Solar episode. Oh, for example, Jubilee's fairy tale. It sucks. Don't watch it. Okay, so, here's my deal. I like Storm. Her voice is annoying. Wolverine is always the last one standing. Uh, Jean faints a lot. Yeah, Jean faints a lot. Beast is brainy. Wait, what about, what's your feeling about Jubilee? Uh, I'm getting to that. <laughs> um, Professor X is very boring. I'd say probably my favorite character is Mr. Sinister because he's like a drag queen. He like he has he has lipstick on the way he talks and stuff. He's like a vampire who's a drag queen. But um by far, in my opinion, the worst character is Jubilee. I hate Jubilee so much, it's kind of indescribable. Uh, in the very first episode, I remember sitting down on the pilot with you, uh, with all of you, and Yoshi, when Jubilee's sitting on the couch, or excuse me, it's later in the episode, she goes, does a mall babe eat chili fries? And you turned to me and said, what is that supposed to mean? What is that supposed to mean? She's a mall babe. Back in the 90s, you've been to a mall before. Back in the 90s, malls were, like, really, a really big deal. People would go hang out at them all the time, and you'd go, like, get chili fries at the food court. So that was, like, Jubilee's favorite thing. She's a mall babe. But her fireworks just look like... She just doesn't even look that powerful, because her fireworks are just, like... They're just, like, a tiny, kind of. She almost has, like, confetti fingers inside her stupid gloves. Oh, and her attire... (laughs) Jubilee's fairy tale. She is not creative, and they changed the animation terribly in that episode. I hate it. No, no. It gets a very strong feelings about Jubilee. Uh, uh, Mango Mo. What's Mocha? Mango Mocha? Is that your name? Mango Mocha. What was your favorite villain from the show? Um, I think my favorite villain was. I know. I think Magneto is kind of cool because, and he's way better than Professor X. And I don't. But I also like. I guess also Mister Sinister too. And I also like Apocalypse and stuff. Sauron is my favorite. Mike, do you have any favorite X Men characters now that you've learned more and more about the show over the last year and a half? I mean, I, I've watched the animated series when I was a kid. I didn't rewatch it with all of you, although I caught a few episodes. Um, I think in the animated show, I, I actually liked Sauron a lot, too. Um, I like Jean Grey. I think, I think my favorite X-Men is, though... There's some pretty good ones. Uh, okay. Oh, Mystique. I like Miss. I mean, how can you not like her, but... 
Mystique's amazing. So I just handed out, they haven't looked at it yet, the uh, Marvel Holiday Special 1991. Uh, so on this cover, we have a group of assorted Marvel superheroes running after Santa Claus and a reindeer. Santa Claus has presents flying out of his pack. We've got Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman on a sled in the air. We've got the Human Torch and the Thing. We've got Banshee, a weirdo named Captain Ultra, uh, Storm, Spider-Man, Thor, Wolverine, Captain America, Colossus, Punisher, and Ghost Rider. This is very early 90s. Uh, on the cover, we have Captain America saying, Stop that bearded man! And Wolverine uh, saying, hey, hey, do you want to read Wolverine? So, first of all, uh, Captain America, just a tiny bit about him. If you could see this, I would tell you. Like, his chin in this picture is like <laughs> a buff cleft chin. It's kind of the only way to describe it. But Wolverine's saying, yeah, no one gives me a lump of coal and lives, bub. I think you need to do it in his voice. Yeah, no one gives me a lump of coal and lives, bub. Yes, perfection. Uh, what are your thoughts on this cover? Do you guys like the cover? Mm, no. Um, I like it with the characters that don't have the normal eyes. Like, Captain America, the guy with the skull on him. That's a uh, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Um, Thor, and, like, the, what's the guy who has the green, who's flying? Uh, Banshee. Oh, I just don't like the Invisible Woman and Mr. Fantastic. Oh, everyone who has the normal black eyes. They just look, the eyes don't look natural the reindeer looks real funny to me his antlers look like uh manufactured somehow it's a weird <laughs> pose is this implying that santa put all of the x-men and marvel characters on the naughty list and now they're coming after him because they all got coal is that what's being implied here? i don't know what i do know is i want to see you in storm's costume <laughs> no that's <laughs> not gonna happen <laughs> Santa's expression, he looks like he's done something wrong, but the reindeer kind of looks like, oh no, she knows they put pudding in her pillowcase. Gross. Pillow. I'm pretty sure Santa just farted. <laughs> it was chasing him. <laughs> I don't know, they look pretty mad at him, and he looks pretty scared. Although, says, I mean, if he has the powers that he's, you know, we all think he has, maybe he shouldn't be so scared of them. This is true. Okay, so we're not going to open the books just yet. I want all of our readers to know our my family has not read this story yet. We're going to do a live reading of this story. Don't skip ahead. Don't look at what happens because I want to capture our reactions live. Uh, this story has multiple different stories in it, this issue. We're just going to read the first one. This features the X-Men in a story called, uncreatively, A Miracle a Few Blocks Down from 32nd Street. Uh, which is obviously a parody. Uh, don't start it yet. We have, it's a parody on the movie A Miracle from or down 34th Street, I've whatever that movie is called. Well, I'll show you sometime. It's a good film. Uh, this is by Scott Lobdell with art by Dave Cockrum. So they have brought back the classic X-Men artist that initially started with Chris Claremont in the 70s. Uh, Joe Rubenstein is on inks. And the editor is friend of the podcast, Renee Witterstatter, who has been on the show before. There are multiple stories in this issue featuring the Fantastic Four, Punisher, Thor, Captain America, Ghost Rider, Captain Ultra, Spider-Man, and there's a bunch of pinups, but we're literally just going to read this first X-Men story. All right, so if you open the book up, we're all going to do different voices. Uh, Jay, will you do the voices for Storm and Eunice the Untouchable, who has an Italian accent when we get there? Is that okay? 
And Mike, will you do the voices for Banshee, who has an Irish accent, and Wolverine? A, will you do the voices for Nightcrawler, who has a German accent, and for the Toad? And I will play the parts of Colossus, who's Russian, and I'll do Blob and Mastermind as well. Um, Oh, Mike, you also get to do Santa Claus. Oh, okay. Okay. So we're going to start this out. The X-Men, this is right after Claremont has launched the title. Uh, it's set back in continuity. The X-Men are hanging out in their living room, decorating a Christmas tree. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Storm. Okay. What an enchanting custom, Banshee. Are you telling me you've never trimmed a tree, love? What kind of Irish accent? <laughs> He's a ghost, Mike, Banshee. Do you That's I- a ghost. Do you Irish accent? Please. Gotta go for like, they're always after me, lucky charms. Oh, are you telling me you've never trimmed a tree, lass? <laughs> Is that how he's and then, so? and then Nightcrawler says, Is it unlikely? Freund is friend in German. It's an unlikely What? That's not German. <laughs> it is an unlikely Freund, Cassidy. That's. Oh, that's. Probably not make call. No, that's him. He's teleporting around. That Storm has an, uh, any occasion to celebrate Christmas in her native Kenya. Apparently, he's mildly British. Uh, and then Colossus, who's holding a box of Christmas decorations, says, Wolverine. <laughs> I can't do Russian. <laughs> Will you not be... Th- that's Yeah, that's pretty good. Will you not be joining in the festivities? Wolverine's reading the paper. I have even less use for Christmas than I do for you, Colossus. Or, as a greater man than said to me, Bah humbug, bub. <laughs> oh my. Uh, we turn the page and they hear uh, something beeping in the distance. Storm says, Peter, that sound. It is coming from God's potent Xavier's study. Yet he is on a fishing trip with Dr. Corbeau. That's a reference to Dr. Peter Corbeau, of course. Well, Scott, Jean, and more... Moira are shopping in New York City. And then Nightcrawler says, uh, Leave us to investigate, love. Wolverine says, One thing I want to say, um, though, is why does Storm have blue eyes? Storm always has blue eyes. Oh, I thought she yeah, would have no, White hair, blue eyes. I'm with the earth on this one. <laughs> it may be that... Another mutant has been located. So they all run to Cerebro. Cerebro has indicated that there's a big mutant somewhere. And Banshee says, Right ye are. According to the mutants detecting Cerebro, it's Trick, the most powerful mutant ever registered. We must... And then Storm says, I can't really see. We must determine if this mutant be friend or foe. And then Wolverine says, And if he is foe, your... And then Colossus says, Sheath your, <laughs> sheath your claws, Toverish. Where are you Never guys? do that again, bub. And I might forget we're on the same team. And Banshee says, oh, Are you thinking what I be thinking? Um, yes, as... Yes, as the new X-Men. Keep going. Um, it is a place to initiate contact. And then Banshee yes. says, Suppose you're right. We're meeting the others at Rockville Center anyway. And but he's also screaming. Oh. Ah! 
I don't think any of us are getting the part during this table reading here. <laughs> and then we run to the mall where the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants are hanging out, looking at like a mannequin in a bathing suit of some kind. Blobs goes, Toad, are these the hottest mannequins you've ever seen? You ever seen or what? Toad says. And then Mastermind goes, you're pathetic, Blob. We're here on business, not pleasure. And Eunice the Untouchable says, Ma- Mastermind, if our brotherhood of evil mutants is to be more successful than our predecessors, we can't fight amongst ourselves. And then Blob, who is totally boyfriends with Eunice, by the way, says, My buddy, my buddy Eunice is right. We, and someone yells, there he is, look. Eh? And there's, can there's, I, yeah, and I you can be the little kid, yeah. It's Santa! Hey, Santa! You're much better than I thought you'd be with your mutant red suit. They think Blob's Santa. Are you gonna get me lots of presents? I got your present right here, kid, and one for your mother. And then people go, oh, over there! And Blob goes, what, last-minute shoppers? That's some disguise Marvel Girl's wearing. They look at the X-Men, and he, Storm is black, and he thinks it's Marvel Girl in disguise, which is just ridiculous. And uh, the X-Men are in uh, in their civilian clothes, and Mastermind goes, Don't be any more dense than you are. I recognize them from news footage of their battle at Kennedy Airport. And then Toad says, Now you... Quickly! We must warn Eunice. No, you overstepped elf. No, quickly. We must warn Eunice. Quickly. We must warn Eunice. I can't tell by those stupid little red outlines. (laughs) And then on the next page, Eunice is a little bit away from the others. And he's thinking to himself. Our mystery. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're both looking for a mutant. Sorry. Toad and Eunice and Banshee are thinking at the same time. But go ahead and just do Eunice. Our mystery mutant must be around you somewhere. And then they both say, Excuse me, me, I didn't see you. Except then she says, Yee. Yee. And then Eunice rips off his coat. Season's greetings, Banshee. I heard you recently joined the X-Men. You look stupid. And then he activates his force field and says, Your mistake, Irish. Considering you could have known Sweet Vicar's dirty at the side of Eunice the Untouchable. And then Storm's thinking, what, With a burst of electricity, I can alter the unstable molecules in our street clothes. If we're to battle, do battle, it should be in costume. And then Banshee says, Curse me for a novice, I should have suspected they'd show up. X-Men, meet the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. And then Eunice says, Sorry, we have no time for proper introductions. We have to locate, then enlist the world's most powerful mutant. But Santa Claus is watching, and he thinks, Hmm, is that so? We turn the page, and Nightcrawler is attacking Toad. Nightcrawler says, I hate Santa. Leaving here! Wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. Leaving here, Toad. Up. Apparently, camaraderie, camaraderie and bravery are not prerequisites. Prerequisites of your organization. And Toad yells, "Baby, who leaps? Wait, he who turns and leaps away, Nightcrawler lives to fight another day." And then Nightcrawler punches him and says, "And you who has a glass jar mean fruit, 
should stay out of my fist. They should stay out of the way of my fist. And Toad yeah. yells. And then Colossus is punching Blob and his fist is trapped in Blob's bulk and Banshee's screaming from behind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Blob says, you're pretty strong for a Rusky. And Colossus says, are you immensely overweight? You are immensely overweight for an American. This punch was intended to send you all the way to the mother country. And then Blob says, when the Blob don't want to get moved, he don't get moved. And when he wants peace and quiet, he gets it. And he grabs <laughs> he grabs Banshee by the throat. We flip the page and Wolverine's attacking Eunice the Untouchable. Wolverine says, According to Department H, Eunice, your body generates an impenetrable force field. Let's see what it can do against my adamantium claws, Bob. He slashes at the force field and says, This may take a while, mm, but I have all 12 days of Christmas to slice you into ribbons. <laughs> and Eunice is thinking, this new X-Man is insane. This might do it. And then Storm is looking so confused and she yells, By the goddess. Give us your best cartoon Storm here. This is her big moment. By the goddess. Suddenly I am back in my uh, home. The wilds and the blind wilds of my beloved Kenya. But how is that possible? Can one of our foes have the ability to teleport others? Or has my time amongst the X-Men been a dream. But no, I still wear the costume. The stupid, the stupid costume. <laughs> Therefore, this must all be an illusion. She realizes Mastermind is casting an illusion to make her think she's in Kenya. And she yells, With the gust of wind, I have shattered my foe's concentration. And he goes, Oof! Thereby disrupting Mastermind's mental hold over me. And Mastermind had it coming. And we flip the page and it says an instant later. So the Brotherhood has basically been defeated. Banshee says, Saints above, they all just disappeared? And Storm says, Another illusion, perhaps? And Wolverine says, No, no way, Storm. My senses tell me they're gone. And then Santa Claus picks up four action figures of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants off the floor and says... Oh, this is Santa? Uh-huh. Hmm, it would seem your friends left something behind. Did he turn in the window that? Santa turned the bad guys into action figures. Also, I I know you guys can't see, listeners can't see it, but his face in this one panel coming up is like... <laughs> what, does he look, what does he look like? He looks like a drunko who, like... He just got his foot run over by a tow truck. Uh, and then uh, Wolverine says, Now I know how they make those action figures. And Colossus says, If so, Wolverine, I hope they never do the X-Men. And then Santa says, I'll have a hard time giving these toys away. And then Banshee says, Ye, if perchance you know when we might find a powerful mutant, Mr. Kringle. Chris Kringle. Uh, of course. And then Santa says, A mutant choosing sides now during the season to be jolly, but I'm sure when you find what you're looking for, it will be, not likely, right under your nose. And then he teleports them away and says, Oh, 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 oh <laughs> nice trick. And here I thought I was the 
And here I thought only one of them teleports. And we look at the next page. The X-Men are back in their clothes and they're back outside. City blocks away. Several seconds later, it says this merry mob of mutants arrives just outside of Rockefeller Center without their memories of the past hour. So Santa, like Professor X, took their memories away. And Wolverine says, Hey, it wasn't supposed to snow tonight. And Storm says, No, it wasn't. (laughs) And then Wolverine says, I don't want nobody to think I'm getting paranoid, but don't it seem like we were just at the mansion a a moment ago? And then Banshee says, You need to get out more, son. And then Colossus, and then, excuse me, Nightcrawler says, Look, me fruit, the other, there are Gene and the others. And so it goes, for as much as these heroes and their adversaries remember of this Yuletide adventure, it might just as well have not happened at all. Such as the grandeur and mystery of New York City on Christmas Eve, where anything can happen, and often does. Midtown's a fairy kingdom this year, a magic land of light and color, of carols begun in St. Pat's and spreading out among the Fifth Avenue crowds. In short, it's a time for love, and the X-Men are right in the thick of it. And they're reunited with Moira McTaggart, Scott, and Jean. And Jean says... Scott, Storm, all of you, can you believe it? A white Christmas. For the first time in years, New York's got itself a real, honest to, excuse me, honest to goodness, white Christmas. The end. What did you all think of this lovely X-Men Christmas story? What did you like? What did you hate? What was ridiculous? Wait, so Santa... So they were fighting, and then Santa came and turned the bad guys into toys? Or did he turn them into... Or did he turn toys into the villains and made the X-Men fight the villains? You'll never know. Santa was magic. Okay, so I have about 70 million new theories with this book. Okay, let's hear them. So, like, they're chasing Santa, right? So they know what he's done. If that means he said it'll be hard to sell these, so does that mean that all of the action figures you get on Christmas were originally people turned into action figures so Santa can say so Santa can save his time. Oh wow, this is an even darker yeah. Santa. Yeah. So tale. what what if his elves, what if his elf slaves didn't have enough time to make all of them, all the action figures? So Santa finds random people and turns them into action figures and gives them to kids on Christmas night. That does this make you look at all the toys in your room very differently? Like what if <laughs> What if all these amiibos were real people? Mike, I mean, like, Mike has shelves. Be- Mike has shelves full of uh, Nintendo amiibos next to where we're recording. Uh, so the yeah, they so they thought Santa was a mutant because Cerebro went ding ding ding, and they fought over who got to recruit the mutant. And then Santa picked a side and turned the Brotherhood into toys, erased the X Men's memories, and teleported them away. That was the story we just read. What did you like? Santa's Santa's drunk face. I, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting to know that Santa is a mutant or maybe something else in this universe. A stupid, tiny book has now made me be able to make Santa like 80 times more evil. So Santa has appeared in the Marvel Universe a lot of times, actually. For those that might be interested, I often reference the Marvel Universe Appendix website that I have written for prominently that's run by Jeff Christensen, 
the uh, the most recent editor of the Marvel Handbooks. Jeff has a very extensive profile on Santa Claus and all of his appearances, along with theories about him, and it's actually pretty interesting. But Marvel has intuited that not only Santa, but Jesus might be mutants. They're kind of passing little funny mentions without taking it very seriously, which is pretty entertaining. So are you, so you know, since Santa is in the X-Men universe, does this mean you're going to have a trial of Santa? You know, we could, but I'm just going to state outright, if that ever happens, it will be many years hence, because I have very little interest in researching Santa Claus in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> Although that could be fun for a Christmas episode. We'll see. I'll keep myself open to the idea. I want to be in that one. <laughs> I hate him. Or even more controversial, the trial of Jesus. Uh, oh, yeah, we're not on that one. <laughs> Jeez. Whew. Uh, any other final thoughts on this wonderful story that we just read? Every episode of my podcast, we we review a comic book. So here was the uh, 1991 holiday special. So, Dad, you know a lot about podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. How, well, no, I meant books. Yes. How did they get turned back? You know, you just got to assume Santa turned them back later. You know, another theory that I had is maybe Santa didn't turn them into action figures and only Mastermind only used an illusion that that happened. Well, it's very I, possible. Is there is there a character that can create clones of other people on the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants? There are characters that can manipulate reality. Like, so there so are there are ways that that could happen. Yes, but it also could just be illusion. I think if, this is another Santa power that we're finding out. He can duplicate people and then turn them into toys. He can make clones. And then... Well, maybe. So Santa's like doing all this stuff to people and like. Most people aren't saved, but maybe like Magneto's like, what in tarnation happened to my crew? So maybe Santa like brought them back so they wouldn't know about his evil deeds. <laughs> what are the ethics of turning clones into like toys and figures? And then putting I, them you know, I think that that's probably a, a very bad thing to do as uh, as a standard. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed our amazing character voice work. Uh, Wolverine and Santa were the best voices. Eunice the Untouchable was amazing. And weirdly, Nightcrawler was amazing. My Russian accent clearly needs a lot of work. Uh, but great job, everybody. That was a lot of fun. We're going to sing one more Christmas song for you guys, also from this parody page. Uh, we will do a couple of outro questions. And then we're going to wrap up with a very special, bizarrely nerdy musical number that I did. <laughs> We'll talk about that <laughs> just the end. I recorded it separately from this. Uh, we're going to sing a song called Mutant Hunts. It's sung to the tune of Jingle Bells, and we're each going to take a verse. We'll go in the same order. Me, Mike, uh, Mocha Mango, and then uh, the final verse will be sung by Yoshi. <laughs> I think we should sing this together, because looking at this, I don't know how these are going to fit with the melody. I think you can make it work. I'm going to sing the first one. We'll do the choruses together. Okay, here we go. I'll take the first verse. Banshee's always loud, Psylocke's race has changed, Storm is one with clouds, you could call it strange. Beast has got blue fur, Nightcrawler's got a tail, Kylon's a barbarian, but why throw them in jail? Oh, everybody. Mutant hunts, mutant hunts, have them in a rage. Why are non-mutes making laws to put them in a cage? Mutant hunts, mutant hunts, they are just the worst. Everybody's racing to see who kills one first. Iceman seems so cold. Polaris has clean hair. Logan's very old. No one know people still. Uh, I'm so glad I get this line. Logue looks like a skunk. Phoenix is a mess. 
This is why I'm so glad. Jubilee's a punk. <laughs> and we're just... Prejudice. Prejudice. Oh, mutant hunts, mutant hunts, have them in a rage. Why are non-mutes making laws to put them in a cage? Mutant hunts, mutant hunts, they are just the worst. Everybody's racing to see who kills one first. Hey! Did you guys like that song any better? <laughs> There's also one more song listed here. I'm going to use this at the close of the show. I've said this before on the show. I've said this before on the show, but this is maybe the nerdiest thing that I've ever done. But there is a set of lyrics to the song Vogue. It's called Rogue. And uh, Mike is a good sound auditor. So we uh, we put that together last night. And I hope you enjoy that to close the show out tonight. It's real awful, but kind of amazing at the same time. I mean, if they have us tuned out already with all of our singing. <laughs> I mean, I guess if they've gone this far, they might as well... Take the extra three minutes to rogue, listen to it. Rogue, rogue. Yeah, you're you're in for a genuine terrible treat at the end of our episode, and you're welcome. Uh, I'm going to get very serious for just a minute and say, as we are wrapping up the year of 2022, our family has been through a lot in the last few years. We have passed through COVID. We've got a dog and a house and a fish tank. We've homeschooled. We've been through a lot of changes. And I have talked on the show a little bit about how both of my kids have come out in different ways, one as gay and one as non-binary in the last few years. Uh, I am so happy to have a home where you are allowed to be brave and allowed to be who you are. Uh, I know you have a mom that loves you very much and a dad and a stepdad that love you very much. Uh, it has been so much fun recording with each of you. You all know you have the hugest parts of my heart. It's such an honor to share you with the people who listen to the show. Uh, I talk about you on the show all the time. Mike's been on the show a few times, but it's been a while. Uh, and it's never, it's, we've never had the kids on the show before. Uh, before we started, A said, I bet I'm your youngest guest of all time. And that is absolutely correct. Uh, we have some major cool stuff coming up in the new year. Uh, I announced this a little bit in our last recorded episode, but uh, we are going to be doing weekly instead of every five day episodes. So new episodes are going to come out on Monday and podcast episodes uh, for the Patreon are going to drop on Wednesdays. We'll still have the trials on the fourth Thursday of every month. So some really amazing things. We've got some cool content planned all the way into so the end of March at this point. Yeah, it's like, it's like the Thanksgiving time. Uh, as we are wrapping up, you're going to get the uh, the Rogue Rogue song after this. But uh, <laughs> we, we uh, the Anderson family, you're wish not you... You're ready. <laughs> the Anderson family... We, totally ready. The Anderson family wishes you a very happy holidays, a happy new year. However you celebrate, we uh, we hope you love this safe space we have created. Uh, we love you. Thank you for your support. And I uh, can't wait for the new year where we have all kinds of cool content coming up. Uh, any final thoughts from any of our guests today? Um, I hope you're, the listeners are still paying attention to this so they can witness this rogue atrocity <laughs> you're gonna wanna keep your binoculars on and Burn fly in your binoculars yeah you're gonna wanna see it so wait see it you're gonna wanna hear it like just stay <laughs> with your binoculars <laughs> that doesn't go in your ears weirdo <laughs> stay with your like stay with your like, muffin top and you look like a muffin top. You're a strange child. And any now, any final thoughts from you, Mango Mocha? Um, now, if you're looking 
happy breakfast, stick a stack of pancakes on your head, put a maple syrup on it, and eat it. And also put a face mask on your eyes and a blindfold on your mouth. Mouth. So uh, it's the exact opposite. Yes, our household is always and also, nonsense. To be yes. Kill- and, and to be silly, like like I am, squirt ketchup in your eyes. Well, there, there is sage words of wisdom from our children. Um, thank you, everybody. We had such a blast recording this and making it for you. Uh, we'll be back next week with much more serious content. As we wrap the, wrap the year up with uh, X-Men number 61 and special guest Derek Scott, uh, we'll see you back here next time on Gray, Malkin Lane. And uh, now, Rogue, Rogue. Everywhere you turn, there are mutants there everywhere that you go. Look around, they will try everything they can to escape the pain of life that they know as superheroes. Christmas time, they all long to be hanging up mistletoe. I know a mutant who must stay away. A kiss would be kind, but she'll steal your mind. They call her Rogue, Rogue. Get away from the mistletoe. Oh no, no. Come on, Rogue. Get your powers under control. You know you can do it. All you need is your own determination. So use it, that's what it's for. That's what it's for. Holidays make you want to reach out to them You'll leave them feeling sore, feeling very sore Makes no difference if they're bad or good If they're a boy or a girl If contact's made, then unfortunately You'll steal their powers and their memories Just stop it, Rogue Grey Malkin Lane is produced and recorded in Salt Lake City, Utah, 
with music and editing done by my husband, Michael Bell, and promo art done by the incredible Seth Martell. Look for us on Patreon, where we are releasing weekly episodes about obscure characters and facts. Uh, it's a great way to participate with the podcast for only just a couple of dollars a month, and it helps support what we are doing here. Also, the best way you could help Graham Malkin Lane is by sharing and liking and subscribing, but also please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see you back here next time on Graham Malkin Lane.